Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Well, hello. Hello. Hello, hello, hello. And welcome to this, the third episode of the month of February. Yep. 2023. Sure is. It sure is. And guess what? We know what fucking made us. <laughs> we sure do. What? It's the theme episode. Yeah. I did some research. I got some thoughts and opinions. You I got did. some hot takes. <laughs> Warning. Uh-oh. You're about to enter the spin zone. No, wait. The no spin zone. The hot take zone. I don't know. <laughs> I don't watch television i did no research i'm ready i'm with you audience yeah i'm ready to be edutained i know nothing i was like what if we talked about this and that was as far as i went i know in the minute i was like i'm fucking researching right now i know so i'm really excited because i love to go too hard yeah yeah yeah. on the research yeah because uh it's also been scant with the info for our month and year it's true yes it's been a little bit weird you learned a lot about us (laughs) as people which is sometimes fun you know and we were alive in 91 yeah counts i feel like we keep it sparse (laughs) you know if we did that all the time i mean (laughs) when we have to go back to 91 for the like the three other kids movies that came out that month we're gonna gonna have to find something boned but in the meantime we'll just read a book Oh, we should just find a newspaper from 1991 and read it cover to cover. Okay. Or just imitate like some commercials from oh, that year. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> read everybody's horoscope. So, horoscope, that's cute. But so, what we decided to do for this month, because we are covering Beauty and the Beast next week, is to talk about Stockholm Syndrome. Yes. Because it could be argued that that's what Bell had. Yep. If you believe in Stockholm Syndrome. Right. If it's real. Oh. I don't think it is. I <laughs> truly don't know. But yeah, I mean, so the, you know, I'm sure you're going to define it a little better. But yeah. I mean, the classic idea is that you start to fall in love with your captor mm-hmm. because that's the only person that you know. <laughs> yeah. 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 That, that's one way to look at it. Well, like, let's get into it. Let's please. Yes. I'm Bucket Snake. Yeah. I'm Meatwitch. And this is Replay Rewind, Mm -hmm. in which we're going to talk about Stockholm Syndrome. Right. (laughs) So the definition is Stockholm Syndrome is a proposed condition in which hostages develop a psychological bond with their captors. So not always love, but just a bond. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Psychologists who have studied the syndrome believe that the bond is initially created when a captor threatens a captive's life deliberates and then chooses not to kill the captive and so the captive's relief at the removal of the threat is transposed into feelings of gratitude for the captor giving them life yeah and you know that makes sense sure you're like you could kill me but you're not so thank you right i mean you You saved my life from from yourself you (laughs) so (laughs) thanks the term was first used by the media in 1973 when four hostages were taken during a bank robbery in stockholm sweden 
The hostages defended their captors after being released and would not agree to testify in court against them. Mm. It was noted in this case, however, the police were perceived to have acted with little care for the hostages' safety, providing an alternative reason for their unwillingness to testify. Yeah. So, like, we don't like you either. Well, <laughs> we yeah. Trust and you. They put them, they felt like the police had actually put them in more danger. Okay. And so the captors were actually the ones who were keeping them safe in their eyes. Yeah. Wouldn't it be funny if it didn't originate in Stockholm, but they were like, that just sounds more metal. Yeah. They are like, it was actually a bank robbery that took place in Sarasota, but <laughs> Sarasota syndrome, that just sounds like. There's, I, I think it's the name of the bigger area around Stockholm. I don't know. But there's another name for that part of Sweden, and it's a really long name. Oh, yeah. They're like, ah, it's too much. Yeah. Stockholm. Yeah. It sticks in your brain. <laughs> Stockholm. Everybody Stockholm. knows. And it's alliterative. Yeah. Know? It does. It just sounds metal. <laughs> so emotional bonds may be formed between captors and captives during intimate time together, but these are generally considered irrational in light of the danger or risk endured by the victims. Stockholm Syndrome has never been included in the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders, or the DSM, Hmm. which is the standard tool for diagnosis of psychiatric illnesses and disorders, Mm -hmm. mainly due to the lack of consistent body of academic research. You can't really research this because you can't just hold people hostage. Right. (laughs) Or fun. And make them believe they're gonna die. Yeah, so the syndrome is super rare. According to data from the FBI, about 8% of hostage victims show evidence of Stockholm Syndrome. Yeah. Which, I don't know the number of people that have been held hostage. But That's true. 8% doesn't seem... It's low. not very high. I don't know. Unless there's, yeah, 100 of them. And then you're like, well, 8 people, that's a lot. But 8%, yeah, it's just not very high. Yeah. So the term Stockholm Syndrome has also been used to describe the reactions of some abuse victims beyond the context of kidnappings or hostage taking. Actions and attitudes similar to those with Stockholm Syndrome have also been found in the victims of sexual abuse, human trafficking, extremism, terrorism, economic oppression, financial repression, political repression, and religious persecution. Mm -hmm. A Mm -hmm. list of bad things. Right. Sure. I mean, just that feeling of like, why are you still with this person? You know, why don't you just leave? Right. It's like, well, I have Stockholm Syndrome. I'm in love with him. This is because Stockholm Syndrome can be argued as another method of coping with stress and danger, similar to some forms of coping in that the participants do not directly address the problem, but find a way to cope with the situation by identifying with the aggressor. So here's the beginning of where my issue with Stockholm Syndrome comes from. Okay. Because the idea isn't just that if you have Stockholm Syndrome, you are like grateful or bonding Mm -hmm. it's also that you are taking their side like you start to see things from their perspective okay and i just don't think that that's the case in most of these situations i think it is mostly a survival tactic you know like yeah like the fight or flight or freeze or fawn fawn Yeah. yeah like it's actually just a survival technique that our brains do for us yeah this makes so much more sense to be like well if you were happy and yeah. I'm not fighting you tooth and nail every second. Yeah. You're going to be nicer to me. Right. And that is how I feel safe. Yeah. Yeah. And it doesn't mean that you are like, oh, it makes sense that this person is robbing this bank. Yeah. It means that you are surviving. Yeah. So that should be in this cell, actually. Yeah. That's the point of contention for me is that it's I, I just think that it's like people surviving rather than people like joining their side. Right. So much. You know. Right. 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 
But speaking of, we're going to talk about famous cases of Stockholm Syndrome. Yes, please. So 1974, the famous Patty Hearst. Mm -hmm. So the case of 19-year-old Patty Hearst, the granddaughter of publisher William Randolph Hearst, is likely the most well-known and infamous example of Stockholm Syndrome. On February 4th, 1974, armed men broke into Hearst's apartment, attacked her fiancé, and kidnapped her. They later identified themselves as part of a terrorist group known as the Symbionese Liberation Army. Okay. I don't even know what that is. But they reportedly abducted her for political and financial leverage. Sure. Because her dad was important. Yeah. Which is fate. Terrible fate. (laughs) An important father. (laughs) (laughs) So she lived with her captors for over a year. And though she was raped, tortured, and isolated, she eventually announced that she was joining her kidnappers and becoming a revolutionary. She took part in bank robberies, traveled around the country with her captors, promoted their propaganda, and more. On September 18, 1975, Hearst was finally captured by the FBI. She was charged along with her captors and was ultimately sentenced to 35 years in prison for her crimes, though it was later dropped to seven years. Okay. As her defense in court, she claimed that she had been brainwashed by her kidnappers. When arrested, she only weighed 87 pounds. And this is super interesting. She took an IQ test and the results displayed a shocking 18 point drop in the 19 months that she was held captive. Huh. Yeah. So that makes me feel like when you're in survival mode, you know, it's like the hierarchy of needs. Yeah. You know, and so I just feel like her brain was just like shutting down to the base level of like, this is how I survive. Yeah. Like, I don't need to be able to figure out this puzzle that yeah. I maybe could have done a year ago. Mm. Well, and plus she's hungry. Her brain yeah. is yeah hungry. Absolutely. Dr. Margaret Singer went so far as to describe Hearst as a low IQ, low effect zombie. Oh. Another doctor and brainwashing specialist, Louis Jolon West (laughs) (laughs) Okay Uh, Conducted a 15 hour interview with Hearst After which he concluded that she suffered from a Classic case of brainwashing Yeah Um, Which I also don't believe in brainwashing I don't think but Hmm. Why not Because I think I don't think that it is possible For someone to Entirely change your core values Yeah No matter what they do Hmm I think that a lot of times, like with cults and things, when people say that they were brainwashed, they were looking for. Yeah. They saw there was confirmation in their belief in the cult, even if it was just in the beginning. Yeah. You know, it yeah. spoke to some part of their core value. Yeah. No, I And I maybe do it got extreme that. at a certain point, but. Yeah. And then at some point they were like, well, this is too far, but. And then all the other reasons that people stay in cults, the yeah. sunk cost and all that sort of thing. But. And I don't think that she was brainwashed. I think that she was surviving. Yeah. You know, when that becomes your whole world, your your worldview is skewed. Yeah. And I think that's a survival tactic, not a core value change. No, I, I, I would agree. Yeah. It's just easier to say, well, you know, they just, it was, they just brainwashed me and it was yeah. all I heard for, you know, months and yeah. months and months. Yeah. And, so I don't know who I am anymore. It's like, well, you do. Yeah. It's, it's in there. It's but still in there. I'm not just, saying that. I don't think that she should have gone to prison. Yeah. Either. Yeah. I just think that she was surviving, not being convinced to be someone that she wasn't. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Our brains do cool things to keep us alive. Yeah, absolutely. Crazy thing. So the earliest case that I could find was from 1933. Wow. Mary McElroy. Uh, was 25 years old, and she was kidnapped from her father's home by four men. Sounds familiar. 
They broke into the house while she was taking a bath. She oh, was no. forced at gunpoint to get dressed. Then the men took her to a farmhouse where she was chained up in the basement. Her father was a important guy in Kansas City. And so they demanded $60,000 in ransom. And then on May 29th, after 29 hours of being captive, they accepted $30,000 and released her unharmed. Okay. <laughs> Which is like, would you take $30,000? <laughs> that's that's all I got. <laughs> Best I can do is $30,000. <laughs> this coupon book you could also have, I'll throw in. Right. It's 1933. That's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. But less than a month later, three of the four men were arrested. And Mary McElroy actually spoke out in their defense, saying that she was well cared for and that one of them had even given her flowers. Oh. I know. The men were sentenced severely, and McElroy felt extreme guilt and publicly asked that the governor reverse their sentences. She maintained a friendship with the McGee brothers and visited throughout their time in prison, yeah. even bringing them gifts. Oh. I know. I could understand that, though. If Yeah, if you do spend time with these people and they're like, look, we have nothing against you and we don't want to hurt you. We just really need money. Yeah. And your dad can afford it. Right. And he's not going to notice, you know, it's not going to change his life at all and whatever, whatever. Yeah. You know, you could be like, oh, you got a point. Yeah, you know, right? and they yeah. were super nice to me. Yeah. And like, yeah, they did something bad. But, you know, the sentencing is way too harsh because they were super nice. You know, obviously way different from Patty Hearst's case. Yeah. Yeah. You know, she, they only had her for 29 hours. Yeah. She's like, honestly, she I had a nice time. Was unharmed. They took care of her. They let me get dressed. Yeah. It is one of my worst fears to be in the shower or the bath and then something happens. It's part of the reason why I have a clear plastic shower curtain because <laughs> you don't want to be nobody surprised. can sneak yeah. up on me nobody can hide in my shower that's fair they can't sneak up on me those are secondary reasons honestly the biggest reason is because my bathrooms are always so small that like a solid shower curtain cuts it in half visually if yeah you can see the whole bathroom it looks bigger yeah that's true that's but also point. nobody can hide in there <laughs> i know and i do feel like when you're in the shower and you can't hear anything you can really convince yourself of the things like the noises that you do hear yeah. being something bad like yeah. i do that all the time like yeah. what was that what was that thump? I know. Or sometimes when you got your eyes closed <laughs> yeah. and you're like, there's definitely somebody standing there. There wasn't anybody standing there when I closed my eyes and there's no way that there would be you're like, nope. I feel like that's why they put that somebody in. Somebody standing there now. Horror movies a lot. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, because you're so vulnerable and naked. Yeah. Naked. Uh, I, I hate my, it. My sweatpants armor. <laughs> <laughs> Save me sweatpants. Save. I mean, they are camouflage. Maybe I could get away. That's true. I can't see their bottom half. <laughs> Just a pink hoodie running through the force. <laughs> uh, all right. So the next one, 1996, Mariano Quirol. Mm -hmm. He was a 71-year-old Peruvian psychiatrist, and he was kidnapped and held captive for 18 days by a group of four middle-class men, led by Gonzalo okay. Higueras. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're doing great. Thank you. <laughs> Well, I just realized that it's Gonzalo, and I was going to say Gonzalez. I've oh. never seen Gonzalo. Gonzalo, yeah. He was a 43-year-old businessman who was the neighbor of one of Quarrel's children. He was in financial trouble and wanted to use ransom money to pay his rent and the boarding school tuition for his kids. See, the motives here. I know. The problem is capitalism. Right. <laughs> Not kidnapping. Yeah. Quirrell quickly bonded with his captors, eventually asking them to let him listen to music, allow him to eat more vegetables, which is cute, Aww. bring him books to read, and um, they actually started watching TV together and reading books together. That's adorable. I know. See, sometimes you just need a little vacation from your family. I know. <laughs> 
Well, and the cool thing, I guess cool, is that he was a psychiatrist, like I said, and he began giving his captors counseling sessions. Oh. Building like a bond and sympathy with them. Yeah. His main captor, who he called Mi Amigo, even confided in him about his anxiety regarding the kidnapping. So Quirrell's family paid the ransom, it was $150,000, and he was released unharmed. And when they left him in the street, his friend gave him money for a taxi. That's cute as hell. I know. I know. There's a part of me that's like, honestly, as long as you're nice to the guy, I don't know if kidnapping should be a crime. Right. It should be, obviously. Forced vacation. Because you can't just take people <laughs> from their homes. Right. But like. I got shit to do, you know. Uh, you know, sometimes it's like, mm. look, you have a lot of money. I don't have a lot of money. Yeah. This is merely a transaction to yes. get your friend back. Right. So Higueras was captured almost immediately mm. after letting Quirrell go. Quirrell admitted to being scared for his life before he was released, but he still asked for reduced sentences for all of his captors. Yeah. He admitted to knowing that he had Stockholm Syndrome, but felt like there was an extra layer in his particular case. His captors also felt bonded to him. Aha! Yeah. I've Stockholm Syndromed them! Yes. But, no, I. it is like... Yeah, it's not this like weird brainwashing syndrome. It's just no, like what happens with a lot of things. I sat down and got to know them as people. Yeah, and so I have a connection with them mm-hmm. as people. Yes, what they did was not nice, and yes, I was afraid, but also, I see the humanity. In yeah, them. I understand yeah. their motives, mm-hmm. and you know, as yeah, especially as long as they were nice, mm-hmm. it's like what they're just they're just trying to make it in this crazy world. So this one is a crazy one that I had never heard of. Okay. The hijacking of TWA flight 847. No. Have you heard of this? Mm, Nope. In June of 1985, TWA flight 847 was hijacked by Shiite Hezbollah terrorists. The hijackers then forced the plane to land in Beirut, where they soon murdered one of the hostages. No. An American U.S. Navy construction diver. Navy construction diver is a very specific What a wild job. Yeah. I know. Well, and then most of the passengers were released quickly, but five men were held for the next 17 days before being released unharmed. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. They were just asking for um, some of their other Shiite Hezbollah terrorist friends, mm. pals, to mm-hmm. be released mm-hmm. in trade was the reason that they took them. Also seems fair. You've got some of ours. (laughs) Right. I have yours. You have those. (laughs) Give them back. You had logs. (laughs) (laughs) So many of the hostages expressed sympathy for the hijackers and echoed their demands. It seems that many of the captives transferred their anger to the authorities who refused to comply with the demands for the hijackers. From their perspective, compliance would have ended the ordeal immediately. 
Instead, the United States and Israel refused, extending the hostages' terrifying ordeal. See? Yeah. These guys are being reasonable. They just want their friends back. They're not making ridiculous demands. Right. They're like, you have my friends, so I'll take yours. Right. You know? (laughs) Yeah. So if you're sitting here going, that's all you want, we'll just give it to them. And they're like, no, we don't negotiate with terrorists. It's like, okay, so you're the problem, actually. Although the hostages were held in dirty, roach-infested cells, they were treated fairly well, all things considered. They were not beaten, and they were fed regularly. Yeah. So I found this interview with one of the captors from the Chicago Tribune. Who was His name is Father Dempsey, so he's a priest. Mm-hmm. So Father Dempsey, offering sometimes funny snippets at w- what life at gunpoint was like, said the so-called Stockholm Syndrome had not gripped the Americans while in Beirut. He said, some Shiites are thugs, killers, some of the worst of humanity, but there is a great deal of gray. He said, that is what we are saying, and that is what has been rejected. Shiites are women, children, grandparents. None of the people involved in the crisis are our friends. They are our captors. None of it was just. It was all unjust. But the fact is, it could have been a lot worse. Hmm. Father Dempsey, who continually referred to the hijackers as kind of macho guys, (laughs) (laughs) said that after they began feeding the hostages regularly, he knew they would not be killed. We just didn't figure they'd feed us every day if they were going to shoot us, he said. The fatted calf is not part of their religion, I don't believe. (laughs) Father Dempsey said that if the hostages did not appear afraid on videotapes, it is because they were literally tired of being scared. Yeah. The intensity of fear can only last so long because Mm -hmm. you can only stand it for so long, he Mm -hmm. said. We had gone through a process of abandonment. Whatever happens, happens. Yeah. And I thought that was really interesting, too, to just be like, well... (laughs) Yeah, I like at first you're in panic mode and then you're like, well, I can't do anything. So. Yeah, I have had that happen to me not very often, but once or twice in my life where I was so stressed out. And then you get to a point where you're like, I literally cannot feel stress anymore. Yeah. And you're like, everything's fine. Yep. And then your body makes more adrenaline. And you're like, nope, wait, everything's ah. terrible. But you have this like <laughs> hour or two, you know, or so of yeah. calm where you're just like, I'm incapable of feeling, manufacturing or feeling stress anymore. So everything has to be fine because it's the only option or I don't care. Whatever happens, happens because it's out of my control. So yeah, I can definitely see that on a way bigger scale of like, you know, I'm literally two time. Well, I guess I'm not hungry, but like it's gross. I'm tired. I'm stressed out. I can't. I don't have any more emotions left. I'm too tired. Yeah. So I'm over it. That's fine. You know what? Whatever. (laughs) Just sitting in a cell in Beirut, like, Ugh. <laughs> ah, what are you gonna do? <laughs> you guys, it's the power's in your hands. That would be so frustrating. Yeah, I know. like, I don't, I couldn't handle it, honestly. No. I hate not being able to just go where I want to go when I want to. Oh, yeah, I think about that. Even things like the idea of living on the island of Hawaii, I'm like, no, you can't just leave whenever you want. Yeah, it's you know, if you live if you visit okay whatever you know you're you can leave but like if you live there yeah the expense of moving away yeah so stressful no bands ever play there either and no bands ever play there <laughs> i feel like it would be very boring if you had like a nasty breakup and then you're like great now i live on the small island where that other person yeah. also lives i know oh, i had that. a friend um that i worked with who was super excited saved up a bunch of money and was like i'm moving to hawaii okay cool he came back like six months later and he was like i did everything yeah <laughs> there wasn't anything left to do <laughs> like, that's like, it that's fair uh, well, i know and you can't just go you know i mean you and i big fans of the road trip right yeah you can't do that why <laughs> you can't yeah. have 
Yeah, not to bring up a sore subject, but anytime my car has broken down, yeah, I have that moment of panic where it's like I need to leave. Yes, like I go. <laughs> I, I was fine, and yeah. I could have not gone anywhere yeah. for the next like, three days. But now that I can't, I gotta go. Yeah, no, it that is funny that you brought that up because I was like, uh, Stockholm syndrome is real because I'm best friends with this guy who's had my car hostage for the last eight months. Now. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, true. he didn't do nothing wrong. That's true. It's not his fault. It's not his fault. He's doing the best that he can. <laughs> when I should be mad. He sent me emails. You know, it's fine. Give me little scraps of info. It's your best. So I looked at a bunch of lists of famous cases of Stockholm Syndrome. And there are many times where cases included that I do not believe should be included. Oh, like what? Well, I made a list here. Uh, Steven Stainer, kidnapped at seven years old. Colleen Stan, kidnapped at 20 years old. And that case is so brutal. Do not Google it. And I will not discuss any details on our children's movie podcast. Okay. Ooh. Yeah, it's not true crime. You can no. You can do the research yourself. Uh, J.C. Dugard, kidnapped at 11. Natasha Kempush, kidnapped at 10. Elizabeth Smart was kidnapped at 14 years old. And Sean Hornbeck was kidnapped at 11 years old. Okay. So these victims were all kidnapped very young and held captive for many, many years. Yeah. And I don't think that it's fair to say that they developed a psychological bond with their captors or like understood their point of view or whatever. No. Start to see things from their perspective. They were literally children. Yeah. You are my parents now. To survive. Yeah. And some articles were trying to say that since they eventually reached a point where they no longer tried to escape, that they were brainwashed. Yeah. But that's just bullshit. They were kids. No. And that. Right. Like. Yeah. Okay. So you escape and then what? You, you don't, don't have a car. You, you don't, don't have where you money. Are. Yeah. Yeah. You, but you, if you were kidnapped at seven, you probably yeah. don't know, you know, your address if you haven't thought about it in the last three years or what. Like, yeah. And that that's case, so not fair. The seven year old specifically, like that guy, you know, kidnapped him, told him that his parents didn't want him anymore. He was right. seven. You know, he, and he eventually put him in school under a different name. Yeah. And he went to school and they're like, well, you know, he went to school and he didn't tell anyone. So he must have been brainwashed. It was like, no, he like, he, d- he doesn't know right how the world works because he is a child right and somebody's here telling you well your parents don't want you and it's like well i'm here and yeah. not at home so that could be true right they let me be kidnapped i'm sure is how he felt right and again if the person who has kidnapped you is nice to you mm-hmm. then it's like well, i i guess this is what i'm doing now you know yeah. i mean there's so many times in your life when you're a kid where you're like i don't understand what's happening but i guess this is what we're doing right yeah and you don't have the power to ask questions right or even really understand you don't understand how the world works you right. know you don't know and that kid the seven-year-old um he actually he did eventually escape because that guy kidnapped another kid oh and that became like a light bulb moment for him of like this isn't okay this isn't normal this isn't how things work and i can't let bad things happen to this little kid yeah so he and the the second kid like escaped together so it's like don't put him on that list yeah i don't know it just really made me mad yeah (laughs) to because it's also a little bit it almost seems like victim blaming you know to be like you didn't try to escape and didn't you you know it's like you're the adult you're supposed to be looking for me you're supposed to be looking out for me and making sure that this doesn't happen and then when it does happen you come get me right it's not my job (laughs) to get out of here and then come find you and be like by the way yeah by the way here i am yeah i don't it just made me mad to put it on a list too of like People who were kidnapped for like 29 hours for ransom money. Right. And these kids were kept for, 
you know, some of them like 14 years. Right. Years and years and years. Yeah. And like, this is their life now. You know, if you're if you're kidnapped and someone says, look, we're just doing this to get money out of your very wealthy grandfather, then you go, okay, there's a light at the end of this tunnel. Right. If you're kidnapped as a child and someone says, this is your life now. I'm your mom now. Yeah. Your you- mom doesn't want you. It's you're like, okay. You know, you don't have you just like I I'm just trying to you make the reference best point, yeah. Of my life. Exactly. Anyway, I'm not the only one who has some arguments against Stockholm syndrome. No. In her twenty nineteen treatise on domestic violence called See What You Made Me Do, Australian journalist Jess Hill described the syndrome as a dubious pathology with no diagnostic criteria. And stated that it is riddled with misogyny and founded on a lie. Mm-hmm. She also noted that a 2008 literature review revealed most diagnoses of Stockholm Syndrome are made by the media, not by psychologists or psychiatrists. Yes. And here is the bombshell. Ooh. In particular, Hill's analysis revealed that Stockholm authorities responded to the robbery in a way that put the hostages at greater risk from police than from their captors. Hostage Kristen Inmark, who during the siege was granted a phone call with Swedish Prime Minister Olaf Palm, reported that Palm told her that the government would not negotiate with criminals and that you will have to content yourself that you will have died at your post. As well, she observed that not only was Inmark's diagnosis made without ever having spoken to her, it was in direct response to her public criticism of police actions during the siege. So the guy who came up with the term Stockholm Syndrome... Mm-hmm. It was based off of this woman's reaction to the police handling mm-hmm. of the hostage situ- situation, and he never even spoke to her. Yeah. It's not real. It's not real. <laughs> I need, like, some sort of soundboard to go with my facial expressions, because you guys can't see how much I was like, what? and then, uh, over here, like, that's so frustrating. Yeah, of course she's going to side with her captors because they were at least like, look, we have demands, and we yeah. ha- but we have like, this is what we want, and then we'll let you go. And the other guy was like, mm, you're not worth it. Yeah. You just have to be, be, be content that you died at your post. I know. He's just like, well, I mean, we'll just, we're just going to let them kill you so that they don't take any money. Yeah. It's and so money. It's, listen, the problem is then you send a message to these other wannabe criminals that they could just kidnap somebody and then they get money for it. It's the easy way. Like, oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> this is so frustrating. I know, but for like, your government to be like, uh, no, actually, this money in this bank is worth more than it's worth your more than you. human life. Mm hmm. Yeah, and that's so blatantly. Like, yeah. of course, oh, yeah, she's yeah, yeah. choosing the right. side of her captors. Yeah. And she wasn't even necessarily saying, like, my captors were better. She was just like, uh, no, I got some fucking <laughs> notes <laughs> yeah, on the some... situation. And it's notes. not about being kidnapped, shock and awe. Like, it's about, <sighs> hmm. <laughs> yeah. And then to have some guy who never even spoke to her be like, oh, clearly she's in love with the guy who yes. kidnapped her now she's we on can't their side trust anything she has to say mm-hmm. but like just to further discredit and like well any criticism that she has is stupid because she's yeah she's, she's been brainwashed she can't be trusted yeah stockholm she's... syndrome print it. <laughs> print it i'm going home <laughs> that's absolutely wild well so what would you say that our dear protagonist, Belle, has Stockholm Syndrome. No. No, because it's not real. <laughs> so there there are recommended ways to recover from Stockholm Syndrome, which I feel like this is another 
argument against its existence. Psychiatric or psychological counseling in which the patient is helped to realize that their actions and feelings stemmed from inherent human survival techniques. Mm -hmm. The process of recovery includes reinstating normalcy into the lives of victims, including helping the victim learn how to decrease their survival-driven behaviors. Again, they're just trying to survive. Yep. They are not. They've not chosen the side of their captor. Right. And when you get into that mode, it it's hard. I mean, not that I've ever been in like a survival situation, yeah. but you know, I imagine that it's difficult to come down to this feeling of like, no, everything is fine. I'm okay. Somebody's not coming for me every minute. You know, I'm yeah. not I can yeah. go back to life. Yeah, it would be really hard. PTSD. Yeah. Yeah. And they have treatment for it. It's mm-hmm. not called Stockholm Syndrome. Mm-hmm. So I thought to tie it back in to what we do here, movies. Mm-hmm. I found some examples of oh, yes. Stockholm Syndrome in movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I have only seen, I think, one of these. So Buffalo 66 came out in 1998. It's starring Vincent Gallo and Christina Ricci. The plot is after being released from prison, Billy is set to visit his parents with his wife, whom he does not actually have. This provokes Billy to act out as he kidnaps a girl and forces her to act as his wife for the visit. That's rude. I know. (laughs) (laughs) You could just pay someone. Yeah, or just tell your parents you don't have a wife. Own up. Yeah, why did you say <laughs> that in the first place? <laughs> Seems like something you could fix easily. <laughs> or like, yeah, I have a wife, but she's busy. Yeah, she's busy. My mom, when we moved back to Kentucky from LA, my mom would go visit her cousin in Michigan. Well, my dad was always busy. And at a certain point, my mom's cousin was like, all right. <laughs> I've never seen him. I have never seen this man. You talk about him. He's never here. Yeah. Where is he? He's not real. Is Roger in the room with us right now? (laughs) (laughs) So there is actually a movie um, about the Stockholm bank heist called Stockholm. No. It came out in 2018 starring Ethan Hawke. Okay. And Naomi Rapace. Rapace. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. Rapace. Repache. Yeah, sure. <laughs> it is based on the absurd but true 1973 bank heist and hostage crisis in Stockholm that was documented in the New Yorker as the origins of Stockholm Syndrome. So that was 73? Mm-hmm. But the first case was in 30? Yeah, but it didn't the, have a name Retroactively yeah. applied. They're like, that's probably what happened to that lady in 33. Yeah, 40 years ago? Definitely. Definitely. <laughs> She's like, I've never even heard of Stockholm. I'm from Kansas. Don't be <laughs> Truly. ridiculous. The one that I have seen, V for Vendetta. Yeah. 2005, Hugo Weaving, Natalie Portman. And in future British dystopian society, a shadowy freedom fighter known only by the alias of V plows to overthrow the tyrannical government with the help of a young woman. Yeah. But, but again, that's not... That's her... Her lived experience is that the government is bad. Right. Right, <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, yes, he like kind of kidnaps her a little bit. Yeah, but, but he then he's isn't... just he's just like opening her eyes. He's right. not like he didn't create a false reality. He is like, look, this right. is what's actually going on. Yeah, this and she made up true. her own mind that it was bad. Yep. Yeah. Um, the chase came out in 1994 with Charlie Sheen and Christy Swanson, and also Henry Rollins. Aw. Escaped convict Jack Hammond takes a woman hostage and sets off for the Mexican border with the police hot on his tail. Mm-hmm. That's I guess the whole movie. Oh, okay. <laughs> It's just a police, a two-hour police chase, I guess. (laughs) And then I thought this was interesting. A movie in 1975 called Sweet Hostage starring Linda Blair and Martin Sheen. Oh. So Charlie Sheen in 94 and then Martin Sheen in 75 were both in Stockholm Syndrome 
themed movies. Nice. That one is an escaped mental patient. Oh. Yeah. Kidnaps an illiterate teenage farm girl and takes her to his mountain hideaway where they soon become friends and eventually lovers. Yeah. See, they're just broing out. Yeah. But that also just sounds like. Really gross. Yeah. Gross. Sounds like a hotel documentary. (laughs) (laughs) As they call them on last podcast. Uh Aw. But, uh, yeah, that's, that, I mean, just my, my little bit of uh, Stockholm Syndrome research there. Yeah. Just a little, did my little toe in. <laughs> I just found it toe. really interesting. It is very interesting because, yeah, it's definitely one of those things that is super media heavy and you hear about all the time. And it's like a trope, you know, it's a joke. Russell Brand has jokes about it because he was like in a, a Thai jail for like two days or oh. something. And he's like, <laughs> I fell in love with my... <laughs> My jailer. <laughs> I tried to dig my way out with some chopsticks wherever he was in jail. I forget. So you I mean yeah, you hear jokes about it all the time, but it's if you even if you spend thirty minutes looking at it, you know, yeah. it's just like, no, it's not real. Yeah, it all falls apart. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And it definitely is just like a way of discrediting a victim. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Discrediting and taking the focus off of yourself because you fucked up mm-hmm. and to be like, Well, we can't. Yeah. You know, you're going to listen to this, this lady. <laughs> She's hysterical. Yeah. You know, listen to Patty Hearst. They took her IQ. <laughs> <laughs> I did think that was very interesting. Though. That is. Yeah. But I, I I think you're right. I think it's just those parts of her brain were like, don't need them. Super not important right now, actually. Yeah. Forget everything but fine dining and breathing. <laughs> she said, okay. There's like a scene in one of the Sherlock episodes where they're making fun of him because he doesn't know the planets in the solar yes, system. And he's like, why would I need to know that? Because that's like so memorable to me from that whole series of him yeah. being like unimportant. Yeah, it's not important. Yeah, My family and I were talking last night. We were sitting around and we were trying to name all the capitals of the states and between the four of us, we got about ten of them. Oh, shit. But we were like, why do we need to know that? Yeah. Who, gi- who gives a shit? If you don't live in South Dakota, who cares what the capital of South Dakota is? I don't particularly care what the capital of the state that I live in is yeah. because I don't go there and I don't have any sort of like government dealings. Right. So I don't need to know. Yeah. It's not but it's important. a, you know, it's a thing that they teach you in school and they're like, this is really, we got to memorize this. I learned all the state capitals and I learned all the capitals of European countries okay. and where they were on the map in like the fifth grade. And then it was like, why? Yeah. I don't need this. Do I need to? I would like to know anything about how life works. I would like to know what to do if I was kidnapped. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, I'm interested to see, now knowing all of this background info about Stockholm Syndrome, how Mm -hmm. I feel watching Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. Yeah, we'll definitely tie that in because, I mean, if it were real, this would be a classic case. Yeah. Cool. Well, I'm excited. I'm excited for this movie in general just because I like it. Mm -hmm. It's classic. Cool. Well, if you need to talk to us, yeah, you can find us. Yeah, on the internet, we're on Instagram, Replay Room Podcast. Send us an email, replayroompodcast at gmail dot com. You can join us on Patreon if you like, Patreon dot com slash Replay Rewind Podcast. Bonus episodes; uh, those are going again. So go ahead and join and get caught up, and that way you can be on top of it with the rest of everyone else we'll shout your name out on the show and mail you a sticker in the literal mail yeah i hold it in your hands yeah Yeah, this is the month of love so we're talking about true romance the best movie the movie not just like the concept yeah (laughs) like don't you just love it when you're in love with somebody and talk about that for four hours (laughs) no just kidding yeah I, i think you said all the things so 
that's that's about it. Thank yeah. you for all that information. That was super interesting. You're welcome. And I quite enjoyed it. And I hope y'all did too. In the meantime, stay fresh, cheese bags. And don't forget to reduce, reuse, recycle, replay, rewind, return those hostages. <laughs> Pay the ransom. Put them back where you got them. <laughs> Put them back. <laughs> Leave it how you found it. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.